everyone. Hi, hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here in my studio with my husband, Daniel. Hello. Hello. The facial exercises that you just did in order to get your face ready to do a podcast were nothing short of frightening, but also like exhilarating. What was that? Just, uh, it's just pro level shit, honey. Um, (laughs) Are you sure I'm not too hot? I'm bla- I'm like blasting my ear cans. Um, I am pretty sure, but I can turn that your cans down a little okay. bit. I think I just that would feel make like you feel I'm better. Screaming. Does that uh, sound better? Try that. Yeah, that's better. Okay. Do you need to redo your? Facial well, I'm worried exercises? I'm going to be like backing off too much from the mic, and mm-hmm. then it'll sound fine in my headphones, but it'll be too quiet on the recording. Here's the deal, Tony. I'm going to leave a space for Tony to play some kind of whatever he wants. I feel like he's probably going to do the Tony Thaxton. Tony Thaxton. Uh, we're on different tracks, so Tony can adjust it All however right. he needs to. All right, great. Yeah. Uh, the episode is always worse if I'm too loud. I don't disagree. I would say like, note to producers, back me off. Yeah, less Daniel. A little bit less. As they say, what do they say? Uh, 75%, 70% less Too much Daniel. Daniel. Yeah. Um, when I was in the band, the mm-hmm. Angoras, mm. so it was me, and I was at this point a sad, chunky girl who only wore black. Now, I know I still only wear black, um, but it was like more, more, it was more. It was just like, I feel like I wore like velour, stretchy black pants, and then like I had this fake fur jacket that was, it looked like gorilla or poodle. It was huge. You looked um, like the like one spirit in that movie Spirited Away. I haven't that, seen that, but that's like just a black thing with a white face. Kind of. And then there was Tim, who was our drummer, mm-hmm. delightful. Paula Singer, you know, delightful, performed in lingerie. Um and then Yami, who you know well, uh-huh. um, who's like the most charismatic human just, being in the whole world. Yeah. And every guy likes Yami. Everybody likes Yami. That yes, it's more than every guy. It's everybody likes Yami. Everybody. She likes is Yami. the most magnetic person. But anyway, we were doing a photo shoot and I don't know how she knew the photographer, mm-hmm. but we got there and it became more and more clear that he had a crush on Yami. <laughs> and one of my favorite moments was we're all it was on some guy's tennis court. Um you know how someone just has a tennis court. Sure. This guy had a tennis court at his mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. Uh and so he's like taking pictures of us all and he's like, that's great, that's great, that's great. Okay. Yami, Yami, come a little, come toward the camera. Okay, three of you guys go back a little bit. A little, yeah, little closer, Yami. Okay. <laughs> and we laughed about that for so long. Like suddenly she's the leader. She's yeah, the, he just the... positioned us. So it was like Yami, Yami to the- It's Yami and the, to the for- Yes, Yami to the foreground. Um, and then a little more funny Yami story. So I met Yami through this girl, Sally, that I had gone to grade school with who had been in a band with Yami for a little while. Mm-hmm. And Sally worked at, I think it was, was it? No, not Quicksilver. Um, Billabong. It was some surf 
some cool Stussy. surf company that it might have been Massimo. Massimo. Um, before they were in Target, or maybe I don't know. Anyway, and actually, I, I can't remember, but doesn't. Regardless, Sally worked with Yami and Shauna, and Yami and Shauna were roommates. Mm-hmm. Shauna was Yami's best friend at the time, and I remember. I would hear these stories about them before I got in a band with Yami, before I knew her. And I, all I heard was blah, 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 blah. Yami and Shauna, Shauna, Yami. And I remember realizing at a certain point, I don't think I know what either of their names are. <laughs> I don't know where one name starts and the other one name stops and the other one begins. I guess that's not really a funny story. It's, and actually it almost seems like I'm making fun of someone's name, doesn't it? It's really uh, reminiscent of the Uma Oprah joke from that, f- that David Letterman bombed with at the um, Oscars. What was it? You don't remember this? No. The one Are you th- saying that I'm good enough to bomb at the Oscars? You're like David Letterman bombing. <laughs> uh, he hosted the Oscars one year and he had a joke where like um, both Uma and Oprah were in the front row. Mm-hmm. And he just thought it would be really funny to introduce them to each other, but just to say like Uma, Oprah, Oprah, Uma. Oh yeah, Uma, that Oprah. is and not it, that funny. So it tickled him, I think, in the writers' room. Maybe <laughs> it just didn't. No, but that's one of those. That's one of those things that's like it seems really funny in your head if it happens to tickle your funny bone. Like, have I told you about the watch in the candy cane box? I feel I've got. I feel I've mm, how discussed can I it. This? Do you know what I'm talking about? You, yes or no? That was the most. <laughs> Vague, non-committal. That was half mm-mm and half mm-hmm. I mean, maybe when you get into it, that was it'll... A mm-hmm. it'll mm-hmm. Uh, you, know. you don't know. Just say, it's a, it's fine. Well, I don't know that I don't know. It could be one of those boring stories that just sort of settles <laughs> at the bottom of my mind and, you know, has like a few inches of sea sludge piled on top of it. Probably. Tony, can you cut... Not cut, sorry. Can you make a drop of Daniel's non-committal mm-hmm that was half mm-hmm and half mm-hmm, whatever that was? Now, maybe when we isolate it, we'll discover it wasn't that funny. Maybe it was Uma, Oprah, Oprah, Uma, Shana, Yami, Yami, Shana. Yamashani. Yamashani. But, I've been studying Japanese, and that sounds like something I would have learned. Yamashani. Tell us some Japanese, and then I'll then I'll don't put me on the spot. Okay, fine. I'm not good enough, but I'll get, get to my. I will. I will be there. I will speak. This is my New Year's resolution: is to learn Japanese this year. I will learn Japanese. Go ahead. I love it. I mean, there's you're already saying some phrases. I heard you say. I can. I'm Elliot. still too early to feel confident saying anything. <clears throat> okay, fine. So anyway, <laughs> my sister and I lived in New York. I had this, you know how a candy cane box usually has those like slots in it and the candy canes are like mm-hmm. presenting to you, yeah. their little hook toward you. Sure. And there's the cellophane. Sure. So we had a box like this and there was one candy cane missing. And then I had um, this cheap digital watch that I bought for the timer for some reason. Okay. And so I put it in the candy it's not funny. It just, for some reason, it sits in the funny center of my brain and it like strums the funny chord. And I, I can not even tell the story without laughing, but it's not, I recognize it's just funny to me. So I, <laughs> I put it in the candy cane box mm-hmm. with the cellophane over it. So it, <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> for some reason, the watch in the candy cane box strikes me as so funny. Just that, like, incongruity of it. 
I know. I don't know why it's so funny to me. Uh, I bet. Have I told you this before, though? It sounds like something you may have told me a thousand times, and every (laughs) single time I banish it from my mind. (laughs) Uh, It is probably one of those things that in like a hundred years, neuroscientists will know, like, oh, the reason she thinks that's funny is because it's like those words are next to where she stores these things that are actually funny. (laughs) And then my sister had a mouth guard and she's, (laughs) and I didn't think it was funny at the time, but now that I'm telling it, maybe because of the proximity to the candy cane, I am thinking it's funny. She set it on the um, edge of her drinking glass, like a lemon wedge. This you have told me. Okay, so then I have told you the other one. You just and she sent me a picture of it, and she's like, right. "This is this is my candy cane in a watch box. Isn't uh, this so funny?" And I felt like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> not to me." It's like you don't get it. You don't get it. But um, like, how could you? But for some reason, now it's striking me as funny. No, mine I is don't like wanna, I don't want to dampen your appreciation for your own <laughs> joke. I don't want to take that from you. So I feel bad having No, no, no. I I'm, recognize that it's just a me thing. Right. It's my humor G spot. <laughs> which is It No, you know what it is? I don't know if I've ever told you this actually. Um there's a certain spot that if I touch it um, I feel it like, wait, now I'm getting confused about the two things. I know there's something weird on my body where like, if I touch it, that I feel it in my arm. Hmm. And then also if I touch it, I feel it like in my butthole. Mm. <laughs> and I remember even asking Dr. Drew, like what's going on? And he said, there's all sorts of like weird things that happen in the body, which I felt like was a cop out. Um, it's not my humor G spot. It's just one of those. Re- it's a re- it's referred humor. Got it. Let's move on to something. That it's, someone... that, it's like one of those things that you think is funny in a dream. Yes. Like a parakeets. <laughs> what do you call two birds making love in a hammock? A parakeets. Uh, no, it's just a parakeet. It's oh, a parakeet. Singular. What do you call <laughs> two birds making love in a hammock? A parakeet. <laughs> so good. This was one of my the jokes in my yeah, dream. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Do you it's have like that? Do you have dream jokes? Oh, I have. I just don't, you know, I don't remember them. I'll maybe remember them that day. I feel like the that dream was like I stood up in the dream at a dinner party and announced it. And I do think everyone thought it was clever and funny. I I tend not to remember jokes from dreams, but when I wake up first thing in the morning, I'll often have something joke-like in my head. Mm. Like yesterday, I, I woke up thinking like, they killed JFK, they oh, yeah. killed MLK, and they killed RFK. Someone really hated K's. <laughs> the letter K. <laughs> yeah. You told me that, and I thought you might be onto something. Yeah. You know, you kind of have like a little smile on your face when you sleep. Oh, I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm probably just happiest when I sleep. <laughs> you know, just... Uh... I, but I sort of wonder if it's like in the same way that ducks always look like this. <laughs> This sounds more insulting than I mean it. You no, know I love right. ducks. Ducks always look like they're smiling, or dolphins do too. Right, they can't help it. I wonder if it's like that with you. I'm sure. Let me see your face. Well, now you're no, well, trying so not to laugh. Like, I can't. I can't. I don't think replicate you have... my sleep face though while I'm awake. 
I don't think you have permis. This is you when you sleep, by the way. <laughs> it looks like like a melting snow ant. Yeah, it looks like someone took a um <laughs> a, a, a blowtorch to a wax statue. Do I really look like that? Well, when you're in the chair, because you're the way that your your sort of head is still mm-hmm. vertical, then your like mouth just goes. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> there was like a, there... the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a photo. Do you know the? Remember the photo you took of me? Oh yeah, I've taken pictures of it. Just because. <laughs> no, you on the plane that I posted. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And you think you said to me, I took a photo of you. I don't think you're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> but is that what I normally look like when I'm sleeping? Like, what do I look like when I'm sleeping in bed? Well, I mean, all right. I won't. The truth is you've never seen it because I'm a light sleeper and you're not. No, but when you sleep, you say I sleep with a smile. Mm-hmm. You do not. You <laughs> sleep. You look miserable when you're sleeping. For real? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you also look miserable when you're tired. Like you. Oh yeah, you always, you always think seem, there's something wrong. And you I'm always so- seem angry when you're tired. Like when you're end of the day tired. Not mm-hmm. like right. I seem angry when I'm haven't got enough sleep. But mm-hmm. I'm talking about like end of the day tired. Just when I'm fatigued. Yeah. Could you gotta try to get a picture of me when I'm asleep in the bed? You, do you suspect you have a smile? <laughs> What if I said yes? Okay. All right. No, I, I hear what you're saying. I just want to see how bad it looks so I can adjust. I may need to use a flash. <laughs> well, I sleep in the daytime sometimes. All right. We'll see. So I always look miserable while I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. For real. Mm-hmm. Why? Aren't, well, you're not committing to it. Are you afraid I'm going to get mad? No, I'm, I'm saying you do. That's a bummer. Well, no, it's just gravity's working on your face. It doesn't mean you are miserable any more than it means that I'm happy when I'm sleeping. But why do you get to look cherubic and like <sighs> sweet while you're asleep, like our children do? And then I I'm just, just like a monstrous. <clears throat> they say your being. inner self comes out when you fall asleep. They do not. <laughs> All right, let's listen to a call. So, what I asked is um, okay, I was looking for a chip clip the other morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is happening over there oh i'm just did you just tune things. out yeah, yeah okay <laughs> uh, i was looking for a chip clip and i was thinking you could never have too many chip clips and i was thinking what are other things you can never have too many mm-hmm. of so mm-hmm. that's the prompt mm-hmm. and also how's it going out there okay hi allison and daniel this is beth calling from tulsa oklahoma i am currently sitting outside waiting to go in to see a new doctor about something i've been trying to get fixed in my leg for years, but the doctor's name is Jeff Fox. Maybe it's a good sign. Uh, Something you always need around the house, I would say extra scissors, and I would advocate for throw blankets as well. Um, I've loved your show for years. I've been listening for years. Thank you for all you do. Again, this is Beth from Tulsa. Thank you, Beth. I would agree with both of her things that you can never have too many of. That being said, I do feel like we have 
more throw blankets than are in rotation because they get folded up and like put away. We have so many more throw blankets than we actually think we have. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say we have too many though. No, but there's a fair amount. Some of our prize blankets are on the top bunk in Elliot's room. I'm trying to think like what, well, one thing I want to have a lot of are, are pairs of glasses. Mm-hmm. I'm always loose because I don't wear my glasses continuously. So I'll like, yeah, same. I'm constantly removing them and then losing them. And so I want to have as many glasses, like just a pair in every room is a good uh, way to go. Can I tell you my glasses regime? Okay. Regimen. Sure. Situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have the ones I'm wearing now, which were my original reading glasses. And these are the ones I wear when I'm looking at the computer. Mm-hmm. And then I have my new glasses, which are progressives, but they have nothing in the top and just magnification in the bottom. Mm-hmm. But they're stronger than my... Right. But I can't wear them for the computer. So those are my daytime glasses if I'm going to be reading or something. But then they don't work when I'm laying down. Mm-hmm. So then I have... If, if anyone here has progressives, but like me is also incredibly young, nubile and supple... Um, I like men who look young and are hairless and nubile. Oh. Just nubile is the best word. Yeah, if anyone is young but also wears progressives, are you able to use them at the computer? Are you able to use them when you're lying down? I So then I have a pair of cheap readers that are also stronger than these ones. Mm. But anyway, all of it is like, there's a lot of glass. You know how P- P92X or whatever, PX? P90X? Yes, they, they strive for muscle confusion. I feel like I have glasses confusion. <laughs> Not eyeball confusion though. It's just like, by the way, I feel like P90X is not mm, the best. Say more, King. Uh, well, the idea of muscle confusion, I think, is BS. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone still does P90X, but I would say... For anyone who doesn't know what P90X is, can you explain? Uh, it was a workout... Pro- I'll explain. It's like it a workout program. It's a bunch of different DVDs, and it was a guy who talked about muscle confusion and... Also, do you remember, he would talk about like the sweat coming out of you, like that's pure DNA. He said like a bunch of weird things. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I got them like years and years mm-hmm. ago when I was like, I didn't want to pay for a gym. And so I was like, oh, I'll try this. And it was fine. Like you, if you're just looking to, I guess if you're just looking to lose weight or something, mm-hmm. it's good, but it's not good if you want to build any kind of strength or muscle. So it's good for like cardio. Yeah, it's basically like a bunch of cardio that you're doing and you'll you'll sort of but whatever. I'm gonna look up muscle confusion and see if that is even still uh if you wanna a build trend. strength, if you wanna build strength and muscle, then you you need to go with just your it's like it's it's the boring old stuff works, you know, just regular ass fucking weight training. The term muscle confusion is actually a complete myth. Although the general concept, the idea that your body will eventually adapt to repeating the same workout over a period of time is correct, the specific terminology isn't. Oh, Other trainers I spoke with agreed muscle, muscle confusion is a myth. 
Is there such a thing as muscle confusion? In essence, this theory claims that confused muscles exposed to changing workouts gain more size and strength right. than complacent muscles cycling through the same routines, no, even if people are lifting equivalent amounts of weight. That idea has some appeal in many proponents, but little independent scientific backing. So sorry, what is the idea? The idea that... Like as your muscle gets like, stronger, you got to have- change it up. You got to You can't mm-hmm. just do the same exercises over and over. And it's like that's just not true. Like you, like right. It, just because it feels like it's getting easier doesn't mean like the best way to. I mean, the best way if you want to gain muscle, and uh-huh. everyone should, everyone should strength train. I don't care who you are. It's good yeah. for your health. Um, like you, you should do the same exercises. Work for like do them with the proper form, and then build every time you do it. Do do a little more weight, a little, you know, try to push yourself. And then at a certain point you will plateau, then you can change it. But, but the, this thing with that one where you're just like every day, it's mm-hmm. like a different set of stuff. It's like, you're not going to see any results with that. Cause it's, you're not, that's no just not, that's just not how, yeah, your muscles want the consistency and you want, mm-hmm. it just, there's lot, there's a ton of science behind all this shit. This is one of those areas where it's like, there's a lot of research. Um, okay. And then one more thing I must share there's an article here called The Myth of Muscle Confusion. Confusion, And the artwork is like stock art. And it's this guy. And he's got his hand on his head, scratching his head. And he's looking up like, hmm, I have to show it to you. Is this like a YouTube thumbnail? Uh, I don't think it's YouTube. It? But it's, can, you, can you swivel your head around? Oh, yeah. Look at him. Like what? He's really wondering. Yeah. Like, I feel like the search that resulted in that was like confused white man confused middle-aged white man hmm could it i'm confused <laughs> or maybe he's confused about whether the muscle confusion is real it's like I don't the know. ai saw the word confusion and pulled up a an image yes so i am writing for upworthy now yes you are yeah um it's been good it's been really good for me to get back into writing a lot and I was telling my therapist that, um, you know, initially I thought I wouldn't, I wasn't sure how much time each week I would have. And it's, it's turning out that like, I'll sit down just to work on a story and then I'll kind of look up and it's 7 PM. And I was careful to say, I don't think I'm, I don't think this is the flow state. You know, they say like when you're really doing what you're supposed to be doing, like time just passes or something. And And I don't feel like that's what's happening, but it is interesting and probably good for me to be doing something that's that immersive and like using mm-hmm. parts of my brain that um, maybe I have. It's interesting. This is, is, it's similar to what I was doing years ago when I was just working full time as a writer. So it's interesting to be using, speaking of muscles, to be using these muscles that I have, but haven't really used in this way in a long time. But all of this, the point being, mm-hmm. so when looking for artwork for images to go with my stories, I have been really having to hone in on the right search terms to bring up the right images. That could be really hard. Mm-hmm. Like there was an, a story I did about this woman who had made this video that went viral about how parent, we're, parents today are, we feel like we need to be involved in too many of our kids' activities. And, you know, she's working a full-time job. Her husband's working a full-time job, but she's also like, constantly doing activities it's just too much and then i sort of talked about this idea of benign neglect have you heard that it's like letting kids like figure things out on their own it's sort of Uh, a push against helicopter parenting jennifer garner is a proponent Mm. of benign neglect but anyway 
So first I searched parenting burnout. Jennifer Garner, whose daughter was wearing a whatever. <laughs> what was her daughter wearing? She was wearing a T-shirt with the, the map of Israel as a watermelon. Oh, that was I saw people getting upset about not to get it all that. But yeah, like, no, I didn't know. I couldn't. I was like, who are these people in this picture that I'm looking at? Whatever. Anyway, go um, I knew there were celebrities and I knew people were upset about the shirt. But because I saw memes that were like some sh- better shirts for her to be wearing. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So sir, first I searched parenting burnout. That didn't pull up what I want. I'm trying to remember what finally did. Parenting burnout. Yeah. Parent oh, over overworked parent or I don't know. Anyway, not important. What, I have, okay. What, you're nope, not finished? Nope. Nope. I'm done. I um have recently been thinking a lot and I was talking, I, I had lunch with an old friend of mine yesterday feeling very creatively fired up and inspired, you know, to to after that because he's one of these like people that i uh you know knew from film school and just has has always been a he knew you before i crushed your spirit now because you know you have certain friends that like you know and 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 you're sort of supportive of each other creatively and and he's he was really smart and um chris clonick who i they know from the watching the watching hour uh well anyway um one of the things we were talking about and and it's something that I had not really put into any kind of like real. Uh, what am I? What am I looking for? I hadn't really thought about it. Mm-hmm. But he was saying, like, you know, he's doing different things, completely different creative outlets, engaging in completely creative, different creative outlets, and they, the fact that he's shifting gears and doing, uh, you know, I don't know, like exercising those different muscles, like makes the everything more productive and more mm-hmm. because and I, I was thinking yeah like when you're when you're sitting down and you're like i'm gonna do this thing i'm gonna ma- i don't know i'm gonna make uh i'm gonna write a book or i'm mm-hmm. gonna whatever like if you're just sitting there every day just only working on that one thing you're gonna get so fucking tired of it mm-hmm. you're gonna get so fucking burned out and you're just like after a couple of days you're just go oh my god i don't want to sit there anymore but if you're like doing other things that are totally different but also creative, like you'll stay engaged with all those things. You'll actually, those things will start to feed back on each other and will start to like fire your brain in different like ways. Like creative muscle confusion? Yeah, so I'm, exactly, which I totally believe in. <laughs> and I guess I was just, I've been thinking a lot about that idea of like, it's good to diversify yourself creatively. Mm-hmm. So like you doing this kind of writing is great at, it, while you're doing other stuff mm-hmm. too. Like it's, Oh my god. Oh my god. That is embarrassing. You know what's funny is I've been I've been listening to old comedy Bang Bang and there was like a year where Scott Ackerman could not turn that off and it just became this ongoing <laughs> nuisance in the show that was really funny. I actually don't know how to turn that off. Let me see if I can you figure can it out. Put it into like uh do not disturb mode or something. Uh let's see how I do that. Anyway, I'm realizing I'm being very serious on this. I got a lot of serious thoughts. Yeah. Tony, cut out 70% of Daniel. I just, I want to apologize to everybody. No, it's interesting though. Sometimes I'm more serious. You're more thoughtful. Yeah. uh. We need that wild, wacky guy. (sighs) I should have had a beer. So while I'm doing stuff for Upworthy that is not personal, it's not, it's not me, Allison Rosen is talking about this situation. It's more, you know. 
what would you call it? Is it called service journalism? I don't know. Yeah, sure, whatever. I don't know. I got to look up what service journalism freelance. is. Freelance. But freelance could be your own voice. I mean, it's got a little bit of my voice, but it's not. For hire. Yes, I'm, it's, I'm writing for hire. But meanwhile, I'm also doing my Substack, which is incredibly personal. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because I'm in the practice of writing, they're both helping each other. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Everything is flowing a little bit That's more. what I'm saying. Don't well, just do one thing. Well, I said it in a more well, you're probably expedient putting it in a way. way. But, because I'm writing so much. Yes. Um, I, yeah. That's what I'm saying. If you're a creative person out there, or even if you're not, frankly, uh, don't just do one thing. You know, if you're like a writer, write different If you know, you're like stuff, a podcaster, or, do writing. Yeah, or like, I don't know, pick up some clay and sculpt. Like, just work. I think you, it makes your brain fire differently and it helps you uh, stay inspired. All right. What is service? What is a service piece in journalism? Generally, service journalism attempts to solve a problem for an individual or family. Solutions journalism is okay, but I didn't ask about solutions journalism. I asked. In simple terms, this type of journalism refers to consumer-oriented content, any piece in whatever format or medium that helps the reader, listener, viewer solve a problem, whether it's a clogged sink or deciding what book to read on vacation. And I feel like it's upworthy as kind of service journalism then in that yeah. sense i do remember i've I, I this is not about upworthy i love upworthy um so far uh but some of my other magazines that i worked at there were these things that they would say periodically so i you know i'm gen x i was punk oh rock. are you you are so gen x too i had this very like there has to be this division between, you know, like this art must be pure. And mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, you know, I was insufferable. So um, I remember at a certain point being told, I think it might've been at, it was when I was in New York. So one of those magazines that I'm purposefully, one not, of those New York magazines, I'm purposefully not saying the name of, um, they needed stuff to be a little more actionable. It's gotta be actionable. Mm. And I was like, I think actionable actually means someone can like literally what actionable means and i will look this up it means that someone can sue you over it they can take legal action oh yeah right. but they meant it like you in can a, use it yeah in a um you can do something with it in a oh my god what's that word that i used to think was slang but i think it actually it's not really slang anymore a pro active yes proactive in a Yes, it gives you a little nugget of something you can do. Um, but that magazine, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it kind of was all about that, though. It, that was service journalism, yeah. And then there was another one where they're like, when we, the key to pitching us is you want the wow, the row, and the now. What's the row? Like, like a row, uh, like, like a fight. Fight? Yeah. Okay. And so you now. want the wow, which the is. The and the now. Yeah. That is so annoying. (laughs) But was that Rolling Stone? No, no. Um, (laughs) But how? Okay, so the person saying it was British, right? Which is a word they might say there that we do not say here. But do we say "row" or do we just not say it? Just don't say that. When have you ever heard anyone say that? (laughs) I got to look up "actionable." 
action. Yeah, the wow, the row, and the now. It sounds like something that, like, you know, um, the Daily Mail or something, yeah. Oh, okay. I stand corrected because the dictionary online says, law, giving sufficient reason to take legal action. Slanderous remarks are actionable. But the second meaning is able to be done or acted on having practical value. Practical value. Yeah. That's what they meant. So it wasn't slangy. It was a real... See, look at you eating some humble pie right here. Okay, I'm going to look in the... No, I'm going to look in Merriam-Webster. Look at you. You can't take it. You can't take being wrong. And then one more story. This one's about Time Out New York. When I first Mm -hmm. got there, I had a note saying, you know, we... You know, we use this, look it up in um, MIR Web 10. And I was like, what website is that? <laughs> we met Miriam Webster's 10. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm so wrong. See, that's that Gen X punk rock. I, you know. Uh, Arrogance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the arrogance. Wow. You know, I really was. I really was entitled when I first started working. I really mm-hmm. didn't understand what it meant to be part of a team, even though those words make me want to choke on my own foot. But um, I don't think I understood that I'm hot. When you're, when you join a company, mm-hmm. you're hired. Tell us, Allison. I think mm-hmm. when you join a company mm-hmm. as a young person, mm. You're there to make to do the job that they want you to do to make everyone's life easier. And I think I saw it more like I am a talented writer and I'm here to be a talented writer. And those are kind of two different things. It's not about it wasn't about me. It shouldn't have been about me. Yeah, I mean it's the arrogance of youth. That's what I mean. Is there anyone who okay. Is there anyone who doesn't look back on their either early 20s or their entry into the job market and think to themselves, I was entitled. Does that question make sense? Does I don't know, but there's a, that? there's a common, there's a trope. I want to say trope. There's a, there's a, a pattern in storytelling mm. um, in the like hero myth where the, you know, the young prince is. Princess. princess. No, not traditionally. Okay. Um, the prince is, you know, expelled from the kingdom. Mm. And so going from this status as royalty, uh, goes out into the world and is then humbled. Oh, like made in Manhattan with Ali Sheedy. And is forced to, to, you know, work in some variation of like the, the seller of some, you know, factory kind of mm-hmm. thing, shoveling ash, you know, like, and must go through this humbling this this period of being humbled mm-hmm. um w- wherein they get a stronger sense of self and they become stronger and then they can they can finally at the end of that do the thing that they thought they could do but couldn't do at the beginning of their quest so it's like it's like in the case of the um you know uh uh what Par- parcival in the in the in the fisher king i forget that one what is that uh so yeah, I don't tell the whole story, but essentially, like he's, uh, he has to find the Holy Grail, mm. and he goes out, and he, um, he's kind of like young. 
Do you want me to tell the whole story? I could try to. I could try to tell it quickly, but it, I don't know how to tell it Maybe in, in a concise way. Well, essentially, is it, like, a, is it like the prodigal prodigal son? Prodigal son? No, is it that okay. So he um he he's like a farmer, and his I think his father was killed in war, and his mother tells him like, you know, don't you don't ever become a, a, a knight, like don't mm-hmm. fight or whatever. And then one day, like the knights of the round table come riding through the fields and he gets, he wants to, he tells his mom he's going to go. And she's like scared that he's going to get killed. And so on, before he leaves, she just says like, no matter what happens, um, d- just don't ask too many questions. You know, she's just, uh, and so then he goes, he joins the knights of the round table as, as a knight. And then he goes off in search for of the of the Holy Grail and the Grail ca- and the and the Fisher King, and he finds the the castle almost immediately, and the um, the kingdom is starving and, every, and the crops are dried up. And he goes in and they see him and everybody they throw a big feast like they're very excited and they're sitting there and the Fisher King is wounded and he's like emotionally. No, no, he has he has like a a, a wound in his thigh or something. Gross. I'm I'm forgetting some of the details, but like Yes, he's I so I've now pulled it up on Wikipedia. He, uh he's depicted as being wounded in the groin, legs or thigh. Yeah, and I think what's interesting about it, there's something about like he was wounded by a muslim. Like there's something there's like the, the sort of like war between Christians and Islam was our, was in this interesting yeah but anyway he's uh, he's wounded and they're sitting there and they're having and there's all these like you know maidens and everything and he's mm-hmm. being entertained and he remembers the words of his mother do not ask too many questions but on his mind the whole time is this question that's burning up which is what ails you king mm-hmm. and he doesn't ask it because he's remembering his mother's words and so the the feast ends everyone like is like waiting for him to do something he doesn't know what it is and so he goes to bed he wakes up. Nobody's there. The fucking drawbridge is down. He he's like, so uh, he can't get home. No, no. It, I mean, it's down. It's not up. Oh. So he and it's like, leave, please. Yeah, I see. And so he gets on his horse. He rides away, and I I forget, but like it occurs to him that he he needed to ask the question, "What ails you, king?" And so he turns around and rides back, but but it's gone. He can't find the castle, and he spends. He realizes that. That's what they were waiting for him to do. I'm not, I don't know. This doesn't make sense, right? Like, why would that? But basically, well, but him, it, like it, it was waiting for him to decide on his own to the, be an adult. There's a dream logic here, mm-hmm. but it's like, oh, like essentially they were waiting for someone to come and ask what ails you, but he didn't ask, mm-hmm. and he re, he realized maybe some maybe he runs into like an old hag who laughs at him and tells him this or something, and I think this old hag like comes back through his life as he grows older to remind him of this failure, like just like mocking him. Mm. And so like he can't find for the, he can't find it. And he goes, he can't find the castle. He can't find the castle again. Like he can't get back there or it's, it's, it's like not available to him. Uh And so then he just like goes off and he becomes a great knight and he does all these things. But, and I think it's like later in life after he's become like a really like accomplished knight, he, I think he's able to find it again, but only after he be- kind of becomes a man and, and everything that, like uh, th- that means in the context of the story. Whatever. Gosh, is this even interesting? I, like, yeah, I think so. I'm so, on the edge of my seat. The point of it being like, you're not ready as a kid. You're still full of the like, you know, you you you, you need to have that period of, of failure. You need to have failed. You need to have but you need to be humbled and then 
go through the process of building yourself up before you truly can do the thing that you're meant to do in life. Um, that, uh, why are we talking about, why am I talking about this? <laughs> uh, I was saying that I was entitled. Yeah. And so like every young person comes up and they're full of enthusiasm, like this hot air balloon of self of belief mm -hmm. about themselves, but it's just hot air and they need to have that burst. They need to come crashing down to earth and then they need to like build, they need to work hard and struggle and only through that can they can you become like a strong wiser uh adult you know in, in who can who in, can do the thing that it is you want to do or are meant do to they do. ever address the fact that his it was his mom that gave him this horrendous advice i think the idea it's all again all very like it's all you know symbolic, symbolic. It, it i think the, it's the idea of it's like these are the words of your mother mm. like you're you're right the words of your mother are limiting because uh -huh. they are words of fear they are there like her advice was uh, the advice of someone who doesn't want you to get hurt make yourself small yeah make yourself small don't but it's like what was needed from him was to be himself yeah. but he didn't know what himself was he didn't have confidence to just ask the question. And so he was limited by the fear that his mother had given him. And so he failed. I have chills. Does anyone else have chills? I have chills because that's, this is what my whole Substack is about. It's what, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's my whole, the whole, the whole message from my dad. It's not safe to right. be who you are. These stories are they resonate and they've lasted because they speak to the human experience. Right. Maybe that's everyone's parents. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. So here's something that I came across. The look, okay. You know, the movie, the Fisher King, which in my mind has Fisher Stevens in it, but I think it's actually <laughs> Robin, Williams. It's Robin Williams. Is yeah. that about this? You know, I haven't seen it since like the eighties. Jeff Bridges too, right? I, I don't Jeff know. Bridges and Robin Williams. Uh, and there's a woman in it. I don't know how much it, it has to do with the actual myth of the Fisher King. Um, the location of the wound is significant to the legend. In most medieval stories, the mention of a wound in the groin, or as my mom would say, groined, is more commonly the... Th <laughs> <laughs> I, really. I think so. Um, is more commonly the thigh, such as yeah. the wounding of the ineffective suitor of... Blah, 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 is, a, uh, is a euphemism for the physical loss of or grave injury to one's genitalia. In medieval times, acknowledging the actual type of wound was considered to rob a man of his dignity, thus the use of the substitute terms groin or thigh. Although any informed medieval listener or reader would have known exactly the real nature of the wound, such a wound, blah, blah, blah. anyway. Um, and the, the central theme is that the Fisher King can only be healed of his dick wound if Percival asks the question, I'm going to have to read more about this. This is interesting. The best way to understand it too, I think this is my personal belief is, you know, in Jungian terms. So you think of it like the way you interpret it, the way you would a dream, you know, and the Fisher King being the, you know, it's kind of like a story about, um, I think primarily about male men mm -hmm. and the male sort of coming of age, even though like women can get something from it too. There are better there are better myths that tell stories that apply to women. Like Medusa. 
<laughs> um, yes, exactly. Uh, but I think that like the king being wounded and then be- needing to be healed in order to become, you know, to have the Holy Grail. Now, what is the Holy Grail exactly? I mean, the Holy Grail, I think, was like the the, the cup that Jesus drank out of mm. in the Last Supper. Uh, but I think symbolically, it's the cup of life, you know, mm-hmm. it's the... Uh, so you go like, well, in order to have that source of vitality and strength and to be the king, the unwounded king you need to um, unburden yourself of the fear and then work hard to, to gain the confidence and strength. And then, and then not search for, like he doesn't find the Grail Castle when he's looking for it. He stops looking for it. And that's, I think, when he finds it. Oh, okay. So it's a, like, little, a little too, are we Hallmark here? <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've lost everybody by now, but it, but, if the the point is like we tend to have a a, a culture that that fetishizes young success mm-hmm. and this sort of like oh you know Spielberg he came right out of high school and he went right into Universal Studios and he became a and sure that happens we fetishize that but that's really not the way it should be I agree. that's not the healthy way a person should develop their their talent and uh, and then we feel bad about ourselves in our twenties because we're struggling. Like, oh, what's wrong with me? And it's like, but that's exactly what you should be doing in mm-hmm. your 20s. You should be struggling. This is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't tell that story enough. And so I think people feel really shitty about themselves when they shouldn't. They should be feeling like you're right on track. Right. This is exactly how this it should be. This is time for that. Struggle will make you stronger. You will get there. Can I tell you, this is just tangentially related. Can I tell you, I was thinking about this. We are now at an age where it is not uncommon to see gray hairs, not in ourselves. Not on me, though. In other people. You actually don't have very many, but I mean, I can see a few, but I'm, I'm talking about in other people. Like I, I pluck them. Do you really? No, well, I, I pluck them out of my hair on my mustache. Okay. But, yeah. No, I'm saying like- They are there. You can't see them because they blend in. Yeah. Um, no, I mean like other people, like pictures of people that we knew from sure. a long time ago. Like you look at a picture of when, when your... I go on Facebook, yeah. it's a horror show. It's yeah. literally like, it's like if you replaced my high school yearbook with just pictures of the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I realized that the way my brain perceives it is look at these gray hairs on all these young people. Yeah. <laughs> like my brain doesn't realize yeah. no we are now Older. at the age where we look like like it makes sense that some of us are having some gray hairs like because we're that age but my it's sort of like you wonder like how could i ever be attracted to a 70 year old but then when you're of age you probably will find you they don't look like old people to you yeah it's funny you do know. you do kind of find yourself attracted to people that are around your age yeah um I think that it's I think it's because we thought that it would take longer to get to this age than it did and so it fe- so we feel I feel like I'm 30 yeah. in my head. Right. It's like how am I this old? I'm fucking I'm only 35. And now here is a special 
call. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm just realizing the one that I thought I was about to play though. I don't think I played it. Did I? Have we only done one call. No. Have we done one or two? One. I think just one. Okay. Anyway, still time for a special call. Tony plays something to herald a special call. Okay. Do you remember the most recent episode we did with Nicole Thurman mm-hmm. and uh, Jordan Morris? Mm-hmm. And we were talking about cereals that are overrated. Oh, yeah. Because you, the- boy, did you give Rice Krispies the business. I did. Oh, do we have a Rice Krispies defender? No. Or? Okay. But really, the cereal that took the most heat. Grape nuts. Yeah. We got a Grape Nuts Defender. I want to hear this. Yeah. Hey, this is Brett from Cincinnati. I'm uh, calling. You can tell he's really angry. I know. Out he's, of the he's, gate. He's, he's holding, it, holding it in. Yeah. I'm calling to defend my fellow Grape Nut lovers out there. Um, They are, I can definitely see why some people don't like them. Uh, I think it's a lot. He's just trying to earn our trust. Right, he's getting into the circle of trust, as they call it, in media in media training. Mm-hmm. Down to expectations. If you're expecting uh, something like Frosted Flakes or even Cheerios, you're going to be disappointed. This is the I'm sorry to keep wake. I know, just like, like, oh, oh like, your, your, your Frosted Flakes, your yeah. Cheerios. You can tell he thinks that people who like those cereals are shallow. He's like, you can, you know how you attract flies with shit. <laughs> But uh, if you're... Oh. Hang on, I gotta go back. Sorry. It's because I won't shut up. Oops. Well, we're gonna just rehear a little bit of this. Down to expectations. If you're expecting uh, something like Frosted Flakes or even Cheerios, <laughs> you're gonna be disappointed. But uh, if you're open to the grape nut flavor, I think they're delicious. They're kind of toasty, kind of a little bit subtly sweet, Uh Little malty, they're delicious. They're good sprinkled on yogurt, on ice cream, well, in oatmeal cookies. They're just delicious. I don't understand why more people don't like them. So I try them with an open mind. I think you might enjoy them. Again, this is uh, Brett from Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, I haven't had grape nuts since probably like, I don't know, early 90s. So I might, I might like them. I know that the idea of grape nuts with yogurt does sound good actually yeah but it isn't that's the propaganda i that's the propaganda don't know if i agree that is coming out of qatar they are <laughs> this is what that's what hooks you because you're like ooh, berry flavored yogurt with grape nuts that sounds so yummy and then you're like i got a mouthful of yogurt and gravel and i think that i just i don't know i kind of like a crunchy texture though you feel free to try them. I, you know, it's a cute little. It's like a smaller size box than normal because they're so dense. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just like cement. Yeah, and I've tried them over the years repeatedly, and every time I walk away going, I just don't like them. Yeah, but now I kind of want to try them again. I kind of want to try them again. Uh, I mean, he's you know he's I'm easily swayed on this. I, know. I it's because he wasn't even doing the hard stuff. But he did you notice he said they're delicious three times. He said. A little bit sweet, a little bit malty. They're delicious. They're good. Sprinkled on yogurt. They're delicious. They're just delicious. Like, and I was trying, thinking, and I was trying thinking, to convince Brett. And I was thinking maybe they're delicious. It's totally worked. Yeah. You know, that just pounded it in my head. Um, well, you know, here's the thing. The, the best thing, of course, on yogurt is granola. Mm. But granola, my relationship with granola it took a turn. What happened? Like, 
Did you get granola butt? I feel like, tell me what granola butt is. I don't know. I Is that a thing? No, but I <laughs> suddenly was like, did you have some I kind had... of bad bathroom situation from granola? Like I, uh, a number of years ago, bought granola and I thought, yeah, I'm going to have some comes. granola for a while. And oh my God. Uh, oh my God. What? It was like just just ripped through my system. That is granola butt. And I had serious granola butt. <gasps> you made... Huh. But no, I was just wondering if Justice. that was a thing. No, no, no. I, I wasn't... Just, okay. I was saying like, is this a known thing? No. That's not... Okay. I'm not aware of it being a known thing, but my I had this sense that your problem with granola was, was bathroom granola related. Butt. Yes, <laughs> it was granola butt. And then I was you like, "You made me. You were so. Un- hang on. You were so unsure of it that for a second I'm like, oh God, I really. I'm. I'm such a child. Well, not so everything's was like the bathroom. I was like, oh, maybe I just got a bad batch of granolas. So then, like, maybe a year later or six months later, I bought a different brand, same fucking results. And so now I won't touch granola, mm. but. You know, you got to have that crunchy thing to go with the yogurt. Maybe it's grape nuts. Do you remember when we were kids, granola bars were only hard. They didn't have chewy granola I bars. prefer the Nature's hard ones. Valley with the, I like the, the two t- in the box, in the that, pack. I mean. You can't beat it. That is a, that's just a great snack. But I'm just saying, do you realize that we... Before us, I don't believe that. I, I, we, we were around for the softening the of granola. <laughs> yeah. You know what they also didn't have? They didn't have soft cookies. I remember when soft cookies came on the market. Who invented those, Mrs. Fields? One of them. And I have never been on board. Really? Yeah. What do you want? I want a regular ass. Crunchy cookie? Crunchy cookie. Unless it's homemade. Mm-hmm. But I mean like store-bought. Right. If you want to go with like store-bought cookies... Give me just the crunchy ass Chips Ahoy dunked in milk. That is a good cookie experience. I don't need I the soft cookies do not strongly. soak up the milk. Excuse me. They don't <laughs> soak up the milk. That's what you want in a, a cookie. You want it to have that sponge factor is what I call it. I think science calls it that. Snapchat. Do we have a new drop? Did I ask Tony to make a new drop of like... You making a point, Daniel. Does that ring a bell? He was supposed to combine the three-part harmony that I did. And what was it? I don't know. But was it to something be played about, when you make a point? Yeah, something like that. Tony, if you have that, can you put that in? That was Daniel's hot take. Tony's been As rocking well. this country's pants off. He he doesn't have time for your bullshit. He, probably, he might have had time for that bullshit. I don't know if he has. He, he's been literally out there melting faces. Pounding people's ears into their butts. I think that's the rock term. Are we leaving this in or are we taking it out? Why would we take it out? Because I was hoping that he would just play Snack Chat and then play your new drop. Well, he can do that. He can fit it in. And this whole conversation and about it. And this whole conversation. Right. Tony. He's so talented. He can, he can do it. Do it. I... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed by Chips Ahoy and also by Oreos. I'm sorry. When I think Chips, Chips Ahoy, Ahoy, I think... What the fuck is wrong with you? When, okay. In fifth grade... Oh, brother. We did this thing at my school every year, which I wonder if they still do it, called Colonial Day, where we were learning about 
like what would now be in Colonial Williamsburg, mm-hmm. like the you know those people butter churning and candle spinning, dipping, spinning wool, candle yeah, but mostly candle dipping was the the real burning witches. Yes, exactly. S- starving to death, cannibalism, all of that, Mur- um, murdering natives. You know they didn't really lean heavily into that <laughs> <laughs> then, but everyone dressed in their your finest colonial garb. We did dip candles. That I feel is like fun. We also played some kind of like dice game. Did you do the Did you do the thing with the knife in the fingers? No, <laughs> no, no. But we did drink mead at a tavern. Not really. But we watched a film strip movie in school. I about, miss film strips. Me too. About some guy that was an apprentice. And something happened where like melted iron, he burned himself on melted iron. I don't know. Oh. I remember it being very captivating. I probably had a crush on one of the actors if I know myself. And that's why I enjoyed watching it. Uh, but anyway, everyone made a colonial lunch, just a lunch mm-hmm. in a box, a boxed lunch. And then there was like a number drawing raffle thing and everyone got someone else's lunch. You made it at home and brought it? Yeah. Okay. And I had made like, or bur- I can't remember if I made it or bought it, but you assembled it. It was like a chicken salad croissant sandwich. I mean, which from is, Gelson's. It which was- is, it could not be less colonial. No, it didn't have to be colonial. It just had oh. to be, you just had to wear colonial clothes while wearing it. It was just a lunch. Just a lunch. Yeah. But I got like peanut butter and jelly in a, zip- <laughs> in a Ziploc, a bag of chips, orange slices, and two chips of... No, sorry. This like, isn't bad. And two Chips Ahoy cookies. That and sounds it good. It was the most middle of the road. Sounds good. I would like that. I don't like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. I don't like Chips Ahoy's. They're I good. don't like oranges. And I also oranges don't particularly fun. like plain chips. Yeah. I kind of, they're growing on me, but I'm just saying when yeah, I hear I Chips it. Ahoy, I, I hear basic 80s bitch. Well, I think, I think you might want to give Chips Ahoy another, another chance because I don't. Chips Thanks. Ahoy, excuse me. Oh, they're so depressing. With milk, they're depressing. Excuse they're like cookies me. you get at the bank. Chips Ahoy with a glass of milk. That's a nice. That's a nice treat. You know what's a nice treat? What? I mother's iced oatmeal, and I, I'm not. Talk, I'm not referring to my mom as mother. <clears> no, I know <throat> what you're talking about. No, those are fine. They're delicious. You know what yeah. else is good? Hmm. This is gonna. Surprise you, given my peanut butter Nutter and jelly. Butters. Yes. Nutter butters are good. Also. Mm-hmm. By the way, whoa, 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 whoa. I guess that. Like, uh, give me some credit. Wow, you really know me. I don't think that would have been an obvious guess. I think Considering that you don't I like j- peanut butter. Did you guess it before I said it's yes. going to sound on you? Okay. Are you aware of Vienna fingers? Yes. So they are called Vienna fingers. For a second, I... Couldn't remember. They're like those white sandwich cookies. Yeah. Or with the white cream inside. Anyway. All right. Play another one. Hi, Allison and Daniel. This is Emily calling from Vermont. Um, I just pulled into the school parking lot. I'm a high school English teacher. And it is five degrees this morning. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Um, which is kind of terrible. Um, things you can never have enough of. Zip ties because mm-hmm. they work for so many purposes and also hair ties because they go missing all the time. Um, and chapstick are the top three things that <laughs> popped into my head. You can never have enough. Um, incidentally, Allison, when I was in college, my roommate's cat 
ate a hair tie, and we didn't know that until the day we saw it coming out of her butt as she walked around. Um, that seems like something you might find amusing. I do. <laughs> um, again, Emily from Vermont. Have a good one. Thank you, Emily. Yeah, uh, five degrees. They're having the storms over there. I know. Imagine. Everything is cold on the East Coast. Uh, zip ties. I love... Uh, I've never used a zip tie. We have zip ties. I just never real. I never use zip ties. I use twist ties. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm always needing. Z- I'll save them from things, you know, when they're in packages and stuff. But uh, not zip ties. All right. Hi, Allison and Daniel. This is Erin from Allen, Texas, in the DFW area. Um, to answer your question, I think that. You can never have too many chargers, yes, nail clippers, yes. and scissors. Yes. Those are always in demand. This has been Aaron from Allen, Texas, in the DFW area, and have a great day. Bye. I mean, she's yeah, right. Thank she's you. She's right. Aaron. Like the chargers. Chargers. Yeah. I've you bought know what? extras Not... just to have them in the rooms. I think you can also never have too many outlets if you're building a house. Yeah, just, just kind of make the entire make the whole wall, just so it looks like like um, the Mad Men phone. I'm room. always amazed when there's a wall that has no outlet. It's mm-hmm. like, why did you think no one would want to plug something in here? Yeah, the fuck. No one has said nail file. That's something that I. Feel I like- have started to need nail files. I'm not too proud to say because I bite my nails, and the reason I bite my nails is because they're always rough and jaggedy. Mm. So, but if I keep them filed, I bite them less. So I need the files. Hey, Allison and Daniel, this is Lisa in Milwaukee. So I have some good news for me. I was able to recently change my retirement date so that it's nine months sooner. So it's going to be 54 months from now instead of 63 months, which sounds like a long time, but I've been at my job for 20 years. So it's really not that bad. And as for the thing around the... I'm going to need to know what it is you do. Thank you. House you can never have too many of. She works at a brewery. At my age, it's reading glass. She either works at a brewery or a dairy farm. Based on her being from Milwaukee? <laughs> uh, Where did Laverne and Shirley work? Did they have a bottling? Did That's they bottle she works. Beer bottling company? By the way, I love Milwaukee. But go ahead. I have a pair in every room plus... Wait, what did you oh, say? I don't know. Oh. Uh, God damn it. A pair in the garage. That many of... At my age, it's reading glasses. Yeah. I have a pair in every room, plus two pairs in the basement, a pair in the garage. That's how dependent I am, and I'm also considering just wearing them on top of my head when I'm at home, just like I do at the office. So hopefully um, you won't get to that point, but I have. So anyway, thanks for um, for listening. Bye. Bye. You know, that's the thing with something like reading glasses. Mm. They're cheap. Yeah. I mean, you can get a box of five for like $5. Right. And I say like with something like that or nail clippers or whatever. Zip ties. And, you know, zip ties. Just get a bunch of them and just litter them all over the fucking place. Just have your fucking reading glasses everywhere. Uh, put nail clippers in every bathroom. You know, what do you, why not, why have one? I That's... have a problem, which is I oftentimes if there's something that I use a lot, I'll have a version that I put in my purse and then I'll have one on my desk and one on my whatever. Um, Your butt. <laughs> one on my butt. Uh, 
but then I won't be able to find one. So then I'll dip into the car one or the purse one. Well, and then, you know, this is what happens. So I have yeah. three pairs of my prescription glasses mm. and you'd think like, okay, right. Are they all the same prescription? No, but you know, the Close old prescription is right. good enough. So you'd think, okay, great. Like you have one here, one there, one, but I they all like end up in one spot, like you know, gathering together in yes. the same spot, and then I lose that spot, so I lose them all together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just <laughs> exactly it doesn't quite work out. Exactly. You need to have like a little beeper where if you if you cross from one room to another room, mm-hmm. like when you have to leave it, like when <coughs> we go somewhere with Wendy. Or don't go somewhere with Wendy. Yes, and I get a little because she has an air tag. Yeah, I get a notification. <laughs> exactly. Um, I feel like I want Lisa to be my mom. Now, I don't think she's that much older than we are. I'm trying to do the math. Fifty-four months is, is five years, right? Five years, four years. Well, I think it's more like four years, right? Four. Well, it's like four and a half. She sounds good. Uh, right. Four and, years is forty-eight. So she's, and you can retire at sixty-five. Well, I don't know. It kind of doesn't. It kind of depend. Doesn't it feel like we'll Lisa? Never how old are you? Where do you work? And would you like to be our our mom? And we're not saying you're old enough. We're just saying you have a maternal vibe. If that I, any, I dig. If there's anyone out there who has like lots of millions of dollars and just wants to unload some of that. Mm-hmm. I just feel like we're probably not going to be able to retire in that. Not at this out. rate. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. What else Which, you got to do with it? By the way, huh? Allow me to just give a sad speech with my hand out for a moment. I don't know if you guys have noticed, and I'm going to have to give the speech again on a Thursday show too. So get get ready to hear it twice. I don't know if you've noticed, but there haven't been that many ads lately. Like in the old days. You'd be listening to me and then suddenly I'm telling you about a product and then I'm doing my, I'm the queen of segues. I'm getting rusty because I've had nothing to segue into. It's a industry-wide problem. It's a problem in the whole podcast industry. I need to believe it's really widespread. Like It is. It is. I know because it's, it's a conversation I have a lot. However, there was someone who's like, huh, it hasn't been that bad wow. for me lately. And I was like, really? Get out of my studio. But anyway, uh, yeah. You may have noticed there's been a bit of a downturn. So right now, this podcast is literally a labor of love. <laughs> it, it, that's never happened to me before. It's been a shocking turn of events. It's I've never been able to say that, that this is a labor of love, because it's always been... Uh, a labor of annoyance. No, no I, I love it, like... but it's always been um, my main source of income. And so it's a little bit um, thin right now. So there is a way you can support the show. The basically, I'm having it's. Uh, please support me on Patreon. Patreon can directly support this labor of love, so that I can continue it's it. The best way to support the show is through Patreon. Yeah. Um, of course, if you know, for people who don't have money, don't, yeah, don't ignore do this. It. Don't yes, do yeah, it. don't do anything you can't do. No, but like if you do. And and you want to support the show, it really matters. Because it, it, the the whole industry is going through a major shift. There's lots of factors. There's, you know, advertisers in my other business. You know, we have. Uh, well, I can't get into detail, but let's just say we, I have um, a direct, uh, 
I'm trying to figure out a way to talk about this. Let's just say that. You the, can be vague. Let's just say. I don't. The, I don't even. The for, advertising. For the record, I don't even know what you're talking. The about. advertising business has contracted throughout many industries. Yes. Uh, part maybe I don't know why. I, I think it has to do with like well, there's a anticipation. Downturn in the economy, right? Well, there isn't. Oh. But I think there was an anticipation of it, oh. or that, or maybe it's a residual effect of when it was. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um. But nevertheless, like the ad dollars just across the board have been tighter yeah. for many industries. And then podcasting has been hit particularly hard. And then and then it's like there's different things with like uh, services like iTunes changing the way that their their technology works, which has – it's so it, – Yeah, if you – well, I guess if they're listening to this, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But basically, just, if you haven't downloaded – if you haven't listened to it like – the last five episodes, it won't keep downloading anymore. Yeah, so, so anyway, just hey, if you if you love the show, if you love the show, and you can. Um, and I'm trying to think, like, would you want any DQ on there? Let me know. A, I can a DQ participate. Patreon level. I I always assume the answer is no, but if people do, and of I was thinking, they do. and then I was thinking, like, what if we did like a Discord, and then, um. Because you and I have talked about having like a call-in show, and I mm-hmm. think if we did it with Discord, that seems like a really easy way to do it, and then maybe make the Discord available to patrons. Yes, I don't know how Discord works, it, uh, but it's time. Well, if you you'd go on the Discord, and then there's like a room you could go into, and basically it's like a waiting room, and then you just pop, you just pot the person on from the mm. Discord, and then you're just t- talking to them instead of them having to call in. You know, I actually was wondering, like, I'm on Google Voice right now. If if someone were to call in via my computer, since the computer is hooked into the Zoom, this is an off-air conversation to have. But, like, couldn't I talk to them through that? Yeah, actually, come to think of it, I'd want both ways of people calling in. Because I'd want people who aren't tech-savvy to call in, too. I just want, you know what I just want? I want a call-in show. That's what we need to do. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm going to waste a minute to see uh no you know this is it's an off-air thing it's gonna take like maybe long. we'd have colin hay on <laughs> from men at work love him or you know colin why am i blanking on any other Collins? mockery um colin mockery okay do me a favor take your cell phone mm-hmm. and call this number and let's see if it goes through the computer. Okay. So 323-553-2331. Oh, it's just going to my cell phone. Okay. Okay. Hello. Oh, hang on. All from Daniel Quantz. To accept, press 1 to send a voicemail. Hello. 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 Okay, go outside the studio. You got to take your headphones off. Uh, and then let's just see how it sounds. Guys, thanks for hanging out during this compelling okay. content. Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? I can't hear you, though. Oh, okay. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, yes. You can't. So I can only hear you from, like, the lot, the real world. Okay. Hang on a second. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Now can you hear me? Nope. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. This is great. Now can you hear me? Now can you hear me? Now can you hear me? Oh, there we go. Okay. And how do I sound? Uh, you know, you could sound better, but I can hear you. 
Okay, like it's 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 serviceable. It's actionable. Sure. Yeah. There's quite a delay. It's interesting. Uh, okay, listen. Thanks for calling in. You take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Uh, we got it's it's not right. the. It wasn't the worst. Get back on mic. <sighs> it wasn't the worst. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Okay, listen. I think it's time to bring this baby home. What if we had okay. a level of Patreon, a low level of Patreon, same price as the low level, all the same doodads and doodads, thingies. And it's just friends of Dan. Friends F-O- of- the FOD level. I feel like there should be a Dan tax and it should just be 50% more. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just I want people to, to sort themselves. <laughs> you know? It's time. No more sitting on the fence. Right. You got to choose sides. Right. We knew this day was coming. Yeah. It's war. Should we just do a poll on Patreon to see who they like better? <laughs> go straight to There's the... only way that one way that could go. <laughs> um, I, I don't There's know. There's only one way I want it to go. You, I, want, you want me to win. Yeah. So then we won't. That's nice though. Thank you. I don't know. I feel like sometimes it's like the unsurprising person wins, you know, prom king or whatever did i ever tell you that we in my high school we elected the the very awkward very dorky shall i say Mm. russian exchange student guy as a student body president no now you say we did you have a hand in this well my class okay was this a very we're just like let's he was he running he ran for student body president oh. and there was like someone running who really wanted it, mm. who like had, you know. Right. Had, a Tracy Flick. Yeah. Who had been like in student body government from since yeah. sophomore year kind of thing, you mm-hmm. know, and had done all the things. ASB. And we just we were just oh. like, oh, you want it too bad. Fuck you. <laughs> we all like did the. What's uh, that person doing now, do you think? His name was Vladimir Putin. No, the girl who wanted it too bad. Was it oh, a girl no. or a guy? I don't remember who it was. I don't remember. I'm going to need there, more. There's a girl. I mean, I'm remembering her face, but I don't remember her name. Because um, by that, I don't, I didn't, I wasn't really plugged into my high school. Can I tell you, I was looking at um, a mom group mm-hmm. and this woman was talking about wanting to clutter, uh, declutter mm-hmm. her house. And she was debating whether to throw out her yearbooks or not because she never looks at them anymore and i was like no i didn't i didn't say anything but i was thinking no how could you do that don't do that because i love looking my mom has her yearbooks my dad threw all of his out no yeah i've never seen my dad's yearbooks because he said that periodically he would decide he was starting over so he would just dump all of his old stuff feels very impulsive and very my dad um, so I've never ever seen a yearbook of my dad. So listen, your dad had all of the the sort of makings of a cult leader without the cult. <laughs> like your dad is that what cult leaders do? Well, I think the idea of just like the past is empty and meaningless, yes. and it's empty and meaningless that it's empty and meaningless. Right, you know, right. it's just like this nonsensical sort of don't hold on to the past. Yes. Um. Yeah. So I think that. Uh, I don't know. Definitely declutter, but something like your yearbooks, your the, any any future people connected to you are going to want those. Yeah, maybe. That's what I have to say. 
Although my yearbook from my senior year in college where I had the big picture, you know, you get like a, you get a third of a page. I have no idea where that yearbook is. I've lost it. And I think I could probably reach out to the college and get one still. Mm-hmm. Like another, well. College yearbook? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you had college yearbooks? Yeah. Well, I had a small college. I guess so. Yeah, I guess I went to university. It's like the idea of a yearbook at USC is silly. Yeah, no, we had co- we had yearbooks. Oh my god, I should ask Wendy if she has hers. I could just take a peek. Did people at sign it. it in college? No. Okay. No. <laughs> I don't think so. Now, now I'm wondering. I don't think so. Right. But I just, you know, it's the it's that I have three college yearbooks and not the fourth. What if my they did yearbooks year? for just like corporate jobs and shit? Like that'd be great. Okay, here you go, everyone who works at, you know, whatever company you're fucking here. That'd be great. I would love it. Yeah. A book for every fucking year that's produced and printed by Jostens. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever get a class ring? No, I didn't. I did, and I did not wear it once. That that was my math that I did on that. They were neat. There was a moment where I was like, ooh, you can get all the things. You can customize you, it, yeah. You can customize it and, it, and it's like, I'm never going to fucking wear this. No, and I got one in college, too, and never ever wore it. You have a college ring? Mm-hmm. Where are they? At my mom's house. You should get those and wear them like they're Super Bowl rings. <laughs> you should, oh my God, you should wear your class rings all the time. I know. What if I did? I mean, the the college one was kind of cool. It didn't have a stone or anything. It just had like a the emblem. That doesn't sound cool at all. The stones are like plastic. But what? yeah, I, yeah, you think they're actual stones? I thought they were some kind of stone. I mean, I didn't think they were like emeralds, but... Mine was emerald tone. Let's just look up what they're made out of. Jostens. Jostens really has a monopoly, I think. <laughs> you know, there's probably like the, the Jostens headquarters is just massive. And it's just covered in pennants. Okay. Custom high school class jewelry. Personalized... Uh, cherish the memories of high school with a one-of-a-kind class ring, bracelet, or necklace. Uh, I'm really trying to see what they're made out of. Yeah, I'm realizing you could probably do a class ring or for anything. Yes, I think you Like, can. I'm sure that you could just order something through Jostens. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to have just bought it well, when you were a senior. So I went here to explore class rings, and you have to enter your school or your group name. So, uh, I mean, I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm going to have to circle back with everyone. I'm going to have to do a little research and then circle back. And by that, I mean, I will probably have hey, forgotten that. If I was there's anyone to out there that still wears their class ring, call in 323 553 2331. That's right. We want to know. I got to know. Uh, listen, this has been delightful. Everyone, thank you for listening. Subscribe to my stubs. Substack, please. And if you are interested in supporting my Patreon, do that. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Listen to Childish. Subscribe to my Allison and Todd After Hours Patreon. And all my other stuff is at Allison'sLinks.com. Daniel, you? Follow me at Daniel Quants on Instagram. And if you're adventurous, threads sure and who knows where else blue sky i never go there but follow me there so long t
TikTok, maybe. Are you on TikTok? I've never posted anything, but if there is a public you. outcry, a demand. you know, uh, you never know. Follow me on Goodreads. I don't do anything there. Or Letterboxd, if you can find me. Find me on Foursquare. Find me on Duolingo, where I'm learning Japanese. Yeah, and you're in a like dead heat with Astrid. Yeah, fucking Astrid will overnight. She will like pound that thing and get her experience points to num- to first place. Like, are you still second? No, I I earned my first place back oh. today. But you know, I, do you think she dislikes you as much as you dislike her? A thousand percent. She's like, who is would, this jackass? And would I'm you like, guys fall in love if you met though? Because you you have um, pushed each other to be more excellent. <laughs> she goes, who is this guy? And I go, your worst nightmare. <laughs> what is that from? That's Stallone from Rambo 2. Honey. Oh, I haven't seen any of the Rambos or any of the Rockies. Your worst nightmare. <laughs> uh, yeah, follow me all those places. Just follow me. Please follow me. You, you heard him and you heard me. And smash the like button. <laughs> Is there a like button? Smash it. <gasps> and the patriarchy. <laughs> While you're at it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? 